At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, day 24, and it's more real than ever. Now even many in the mob, the media, recognizing what we have uh, been rightly reporting, that, yeah, we abandoned Americans behind enemy lines and that they are hostages. Yep, 24 days. Even CBS News correspondent Christina Ruffini reporting that multiple flights are being held on the ground in Mazar-i-Sharif Airport in northern Afghanistan by the Taliban. Emails sent by the State Department to Congress members uh, explain the flights held by the Taliban have permission to land in Qatar, but only, this is our State Department, but only, quote, if and when the Taliban agrees to the takeoff. Okay. The Taliban is holding them hostage, a congressional source tells CBS News. This is not the Sean Hannity News Department. It's CBS News. So it's not exactly your right-wing conspiracy telling you any of this. Anyway, there's a, a group of people. They have been now waiting for six days to take between 600 and 1,200 people, including 19 American citizens and two permanent residents, Uh, out of Afghanistan, or as as we should now call it, the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan. And the group teaches young women leadership through athletics. They told CBS, yeah, they've been waiting for six days. Well, does that sound like a hostage situation to you? Biden administration is now even saying there's little we can do. We do not control their airspace. Are you kidding me? You know, if and when the Taliban agrees to the takeoff, we don't control the airspace. We'll play you later in the show. Daryl Issa relaying the heartbreaking story of a pregnant American woman. He called Nasria and he explained that she made multiple attempts to get to Karzai International Airport, unable to reach safely before you before Joe Biden abandoned them, completely abandoned them. And anyway, unable to reach safely safety before U.S. forces departed. During one of the trips to the airport, Isa explained she was kicked in the stomach by the Taliban. She's pregnant. We agreed that she's going to stay sheltered in place, hiding her identity and hoping that her friends will continue to bring her food and keep her secret until, frankly, we can come up with a way to get her the hell out of there. We had March, April, May, June, July. To watch the Taliban on the move, on the march. And we didn't lift a finger. The Trump plan was predicated on two things. Actually, three. Keeping Bagram Air Force Base. But one, conditions on the ground. Before the fighting season. During the heroin season. But before the fighting season. I know it's bizarre to some of you to hear there's a fighting season. There's actually a fighting season in the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan. Number two. The major conditions, conditions on the ground, and the biggest one of all was we will obliterate you before any negotiations ever went on. If you don't follow every dotted I, cross T, every comma, and every period. And guess what? 
Not a single American died the last year he was president for 18 months. Not one American died in Afghanistan. Now we're getting reports, foxnews.com, State Department blocking the private rescue flights from leaving Afghanistan. One organizer saying there is zero place to be negotiating with American lives. These people are standing on a tarmac and all it takes is an effing phone call. And one of these individuals has been very integral in the private evacuation efforts. And there's a lot of them. I'm not going to talk about them all. Those stories will come out in due time. American heroes, the best America's got. I'll tell you that. Anyway, if one life is lost, this blood is on Joe's hands, the White House's hands. The blood is on their hands. When did we ever think we'd leave Americans behind enemy lines? I'll get to this later. Even Democratic senator, liberal senator from Connecticut, uh, Blumenthal, Richard Blumenthal's furious over these delaying flights with Americans trying to escape behind enemy lines and the botched troop withdrawal. How could you not be? This isn't Republican or Democrat, conservative or liberal here. As a matter of fact, if everybody caught behind enemy lines is a liberal that's going to come back to America and fight to get me fired, I want them out. I want our American family home. They're Americans. They're part of our family. I haven't even discussed the fact that we made promises to our allies that risked their lives for 20 years if this day ever came that we would get you the hell out of there. Not necessarily take you here. There's got to be vetting. All those things are true. But we'd get you out of there. Not only do we leave billions in equipment, which I'll get to in a second, not only so that they now can defeat the opposition, which they're now doing, uh, not only did we do all of these things, we leave all this equipment behind and all these Americans behind enemy lines. What All these allies, we left the data that identifies all the Afghanis that helped us in 20 years, including biometric data. Look into this, this computer right now. Oh, there's a match. Uh, you're dead. And I mean dead. They will die. They will be murdered. They will be slaughtered. Where this has the potential of going is so bad, I don't really want to even discuss it. Mogadishu comes to mind, and worse. ISIS, Daniel Pearl comes to mind. All a possibility. Because you now have even General Milley admitting a safe haven for Al-Qaeda, ISIS-K. And it's going to be a breeding ground for terrorists inside the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan, now being supported by China and Pakistan and Russia and Iran. Great. Reporter recites a slain Marine sister. This woman, I interviewed her on TV last week, Royce McCollum, great, great sister of the late Marine Corps Lance Corporal Riley McCollum. You can't F up as bad as he did and say you're sorry. You know what? She's right. You can't. You can't do that. We have Congressman Issa, to his credit, is now saying the truth is we left at least 500 Americans. If we count their family members, it's well over 1,000, and we left tens of thousands of Afghani allies that will die. Even NPR, hardly a member of the vast right-wing conspiracy, talking about the hostage situation, multiple planes meant to ferry hundreds of people who say they are fearful of their life under the Taliban's rule, including American citizens and green card holders, spent yet another day. This is day six. 
on an airstrip in northern Afghanistan on Monday. Marina Lacree, executive director of Ascend, a nonprofit that teaches young women Afghan leadership, told NPR's Jackie Northam that several Afghans affiliated with her group are stuck. She said it was in addition to more than 600 others, including at least 19 American citizens, two U.S. green card holders. Among the hundreds of stranded travelers, members of the of non-governmental organizations, journalists, and women at risk. These travelers had now spent seven days in anticipation, waiting for clearance to take off. Qatar has agreed to accept these airplanes. They're not being allowed to take off. That's called being a hostage behind enemy lines. State Department said that they had facilitated the safe departure of four Americans. That ended up being alive. They had nothing to do with it. We'll get to that in a minute. The Taliban executed a pregnant police officer in front of her children and her husband. This was on the blaze today. Just like other reports of women police officers being slaughtered. We're getting lectures now from the Taliban spokesperson who apparently is still live and active on Twitter at Jack. No problem, you know, letting terrorist groups have their say on Twitter. Just American presidents get banned. Warning the U.S. not to interfere with their culture and their treatment of women. What, that they, you take young girls as, as sex slaves and wives and you rip them away from their mothers and fathers and we're just supposed to sit back and not lecture you? Okay. I guess you have a lot of leverage, although Joe Biden claims he has all the leverage. General Milley finally admitting the obvious. Afghanistan very likely to become a safe haven for groups like al-Qaeda and ISIS. The Taliban pledging to protect humanitarian workers, though, and grant Afghans access to aid. In other words, pay us. Give us money. We want your money, and we'll say any damn thing you want to get it. Taliban, on the other hand, holding victory rallies, uh, yeah, featuring coffins of Americans and and other Western flags uh, draped in their flags. Kamala Harris, nowhere to be found, nowhere at all. Avoiding Biden like the plague, vanished from public view. President Biden struggling on every major issue facing the country. There's not a single thing I can point to where I could say, wow, he did a good job here. One fifth of likely U.S. voters tell John Zogby in a poll that they now say they made a mistake voting for this guy. You know, preventing Americans from flying home. Where, where is the media outrage? There's some, but there's not a lot. There's some reporting because they have to. Not a lot of outrage. The same people that were outraged over every one of Donald Trump's mean tweets and his mean tweet. This is a mean one. How dare he say enemy of the people? Oh, my gosh. I'm melting. I'm melting. I got the vapors. Trump's coronavirus terror trace bans depicted as immoral and xenophobic. Is the Biden administration State Department being racist and xenophobic against Afghani Americans stranded, left behind by them? The Taliban now using U.S. weapons, and this is the worst news I'm going to give you today for reasons. This is now the area that we've been talking about when I had the vice president of Afghanistan, now the acting president since the president fled with all the millions of dollars, and he got out out of town as fast as he could. At least the vice president stayed and said, please help us, and we will help Americans escape Afghanistan in the northern part as we've been telling you about in the in the Panjshir Valley, where the freedom fighters were. Well, now the Taliban fighters, this was in Business Insider, they're using American weapons, 
uh, and, and kicking the crap out of the opposition with our weapons that Joe gave terrorists. You can't even make this up. You know, C-130H transporter planes, C-17s, C-9 helicopters, Black Hawk helicopters, drones, you name it, they left it. So sad. So sad. And it's so preventable. And it's so unnecessary. All of this was highly preventable. All of it. None of this needed to ever happen. We could have stopped it all, and we didn't. How did this ever happen? When did we ever get to a point that we leave Americans behind enemy lines, and the enemy lines are that of radical Islamic terrorists that subjugate women and treat them like like nothing but non-human beings? God help us. We'll continue.